Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Time Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. My guest today is Sam Gursky, who is my homie and owner of the post-production house Irving Harvey. We chat about how he started out landing an assistant video editing gig through Craigslist and worked his way up to owning and running his own company. I hope you all enjoy. Thanks for getting on the podcast, dude. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. Sam, introduce yourself, dude. Uh, please. Uh, shit. Do I talk to that one or that one? Oh, no, no. It's, okay. it's just, just you? Do I yeah, Ignore yeah. them completely. Okay. Yeah, man. It's uh, just me and you, dude. Okay. okay. Um, I'm Sam. Uh, I run a company called Irving Harvey, and uh, we do color grading, finishing, and sort of all sorts of different post services for video and film. Um, In 368. Yeah, in 368. 368 right, Broadway, the, the real 368 Broadway. Three, the 368 Classic, I call it. Um, oh, 368 yeah, Classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's because yeah, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, 368, Casey Neistat's 368 is really 370 Broadway. Which I'm I'm all about him making the uh, like making 368 into like more of a thing, but like it just gets so confusing. <laughs> yeah, trying to send anybody to which of the doors you actually go to to get in, but that's yeah now it's, 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 it's been mostly resolved yeah it's to the point where i had to like put up a sign outside. yeah yeah thank you for doing it <laughs> yeah dude no worries no worries um but yeah um but yeah dude like when i first met you mm-hmm. it was just like through the hallways of 368 second floor where casey is where dream machine is where oscar boyson was yeah um and I just remember, like, I would just be like one of the first people there in the bu- in in the building with that yellow mop bucket. How early did you get in at that time? That time I was getting in at like I was there by like seven thirty. Yeah, seven thirty in the morning, and I would I would when be there. When did you start again? Dude, three like three and a half years ago, going so going on four like, years. That was like two eleven days, like that. Yes, yes, yes. Two eleven. Where Beam was in two eleven. Yeah, yeah, man. And I just remember I would just randomly run into you and dylan dylan steinberg um and throughout the years it really blows my mind away how like i've got to know you i got i've got i've gotten to know you but it's really only through like these small interactions in the hallways yeah absolutely and i feel like the more i see of your business and how you like have a whole company that you're running it just blows my mind away well, thank you. Honestly, it's uh, much smaller than it sounds. <laughs> it's no, definitely man. like it's. Um, I think that th- we're in a really interesting space where, like, we're surrounded by other creatives every day, and it's like part of. I think I was saying this earlier about like just being in New York. You are so close to people constantly that yeah. you kind of almost don't notice when like other people around you are like working on their own thing or whatever like especially in a, in a building like that where there's i think was 12 units on the second floor yeah and it's like john and dylan have uh two and casey has two and we have two and it's like so there's only a couple people on that floor but it's still like everybody's in such close proximity that like we all almost like especially like in these specific buildings, I feel like it takes so long to actually like get to know each other and to really like sort of like the fact that it takes so long to see each other's spaces is such a funny thing. Yeah, that's true. It was a really long time. I think before you eventually like ventured into our space just because it was like, you know, we spend every day like sort of the, you're right. The only time that we really pass is, is the halls. But I think that like 
it's it's a, a great like it's incredible that it still does manage to bring so many people together like the the creative community there and like there's i've always thought about it that like i've always thought that there's something about that building there's something about that the second floor that's like these two buildings even i don't know what it is i don't know what it is but it's just very creative people and i feel like everybody in there are hustlers and they make shit happen and even the management company that runs these buildings oh yeah diane fink shout out shout out to diane fink man i was talking to oscar about Mm -hmm. um i was talking to oscar yesterday at the thanksgiving event Mm -hmm. at 368 and he was saying like a a big a big reason for why this community here is so close has to do with josh fink and how like it's it's a family-owned business they're not like russian oligarchs that mm-hmm. own a huge part of manhattan or like chinese um overseas people that own like who knows how many buildings they own in, in manhattan and just rent it out it's a family-owned business and they've been doing this for like a long time and they're also really like having spoken to josh and lanth about it they're definitely interested in sort of supporting all these different small communities of creators and i think that it's like giving all of us a space in like such a prime location is such a such a lucky it's truly a lucky find and ultimately i I ended up moving into 368 because dylan steinberg uh was the first tell me your whole dude i'll I'll roll it back no please no no no. please roll it back like sam i was i was gonna say i'm so excited i've been waiting for this podcast because like i said our interactions have only been really in the hallways and just like small like hey what's up but then i feel like we've gotten closer and closer and like Sam, like, I fuck with you, man. You know what I mean? Like, like I fuck <laughs> with your vibe. Yeah. I fuck with that $4 lunch, too. You really, yes. you like. Shout outs to Red for that. Oh, dude. Absolutely <laughs> blew my mind with that shit. No, dude. Like, yo, I, I, I fuck with your vibe and I fuck with, like, your whole your whole thing, man. Like, every time you see me, it's like, you don't even give me a pound. Like, you give me a hug. You know what I mean? Dude, and, and it's yo, good it's, vibes. It's, all it's, lo- it's all love. It's all love. And, and I'm really excited to hear and, like, to hear your story and talk to you in depth more than just like crossing each other in the hall yeah but um, yeah please tell me like like how did you even get to 368 the, the 368 broadway so basically um i was in new york for school i grew up on long island i okay. uh, moved to brooklyn started going to sva in 2009 how old are you sam 27 okay um so it's 2009 I started school. I was interning in a cartoon studio for about a year, done the seaport. Um, and then I started looking for freelance work on Craigslist. <laughs> and that's how I met Dylan Steinberg. Dylan, Dylan Steinberg, man. That was awesome. like late 2010 that I think I was applying for, it might have been late 2009 that I started working with him in early 2010. Sorry, I just want to move your mic down. It's just oh, yeah. like, yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> totally. Anyway, um, so basically, I can. I think it was the end of 2010 that I had applied, and I was uh, Dylan. I started working with him probably about six weeks later. Um, he let me know about two months after that that I was his second choice uh, of people that had applied to his assistant editing job on Craigslist. So that was sort of my introduction to freelancing in New York and. Dylan at that point was still working at his apartment, didn't have an office yet. Um, 
I just started this company, Dream Machine, and he was, was working out of his apartment. Yeah, that I think that it was kind of the. It all feels kind of like a, a a blurry period, but I'm pretty sure he started it, then got the office with John two hundred three, in three six eight. Like, got it. While I, I had been working with him for about probably a year and a half, and then I started to fall out of love with editing. It just I realized that it wasn't the right career path for me. Um, and I started doing a lot more onset work, doing data management and just sort of general DIT for commercials and music videos. But through that built relationships with a lot of DPs that kind of laid the groundwork for me getting back into post and doing color grading and finishing and sort of trying to find a way to be more involved in post-production, but still be not just, you know, completely removed from the creation of the projects and so basically through all of that uh dylan had gotten a space here and had this idea where i would join him and john this was when i was graduating from sva so like april 2013 february i moved in april we started this like construction deconstruction i don't know if if you could believe it dylan wanted to uh take the wall out between two spaces this was yeah, way before 209 that's, that's that... how dylan just does shit he just wants to just he always wants to break a wall down no he, he really does he always wants to like make something very uh unique and something just like maxed out and i i deeply appreciate it but <laughs> no man his space right now is fucking gorgeous oh it's incredible it's like the such a smart use of those two spaces too and yeah. like it's definitely sharp but so basically i i had uh schemed with dylan and john <laughs> that we would get 205 and, and they already had 203 so me and dylan got 205 and we convinced the artist who was in 204 to trade with us so that he would take 205 and that we would get 204 that way we could knock the wall out and have 203 204 got it so um basically you know all that happens where we like knock the wall down wait so did you partner up with dylan at one point so we we were all like sharing the space basically like the the three companies were all like john's company dylan's company and my company were all sort of sharing the space but still as like separate so, so wait when you started as like Dylan's, I guess I, I skipped a bunch. Yeah. Um. So I started as Dylan's assistant editor, and I was working when he was still freelance. I was working with him on a bunch of different types of content, doing a lot of like assistant editing on like tutorial cooking videos. And, yeah. Uh, at some point, I started working with him on set more, and yeah, basically, I, I was like working with him consistently, doing all all different types of projects for probably a year year and a half so how long did it take from that to you starting your own company so basically i was freelancing at that time and i had uh started DITing, and it was just logistically with all of the different like paperwork and all of like the equipment i had to purchase um i ended up starting my company it was july of 2012 it's like two years from when I started working for Dylan to when I like sort of established a company. Dude, that's sick. It definitely like I when I originally started it, it wasn't with the intent of sort of building out what it has become, which is like more of like a 
infrastructure and a team and you know dude how, how many people do you have right now like how many people do you employ so our team our core team is me matt lyle carrie and then we have herman who's been with us i can't recall how long he's been with, been with us a little while and he manages the office he's great so there's five of us every day and then we have ryan who's been in helping with color a bunch and then um sort of everything else is freelance so still a very mm. small team of uh Matt really supervises all the color. I've been doing a lot of the producing and post supervision. Carrie coordinates. Lyle does the um, systems administration, general sort of tech upkeep guy. So really, it's like still, still, still a very tight team. But okay, so so it was two years. Two years from when we uh, first started with Dylan. First started with Dylan. Dream and, Machine. Did he, was, was it already Dream Machine at that point or no? So I feel like Dream Machine started maybe a little after I had started working with him. Okay. Uh, Dream Machine's a production company for all you guys listening. Yeah, yeah. That, that's based out of 368 Broadway. Didn't know. They, they already knew. No. <laughs> they, they have not yet been lucky enough to meet Dylan. Sunder. No, man. Dylan's an awesome person. Yeah, no, he's great. He blows me away. The guy's about to have a baby. Yeah, man. And see, like, I can't even believe, not not that I can't believe, it blows me away that you're 27, you've worked with Dylan for two years, and then you started your own company. Well, now you're 27, but back then. You were working for with Dylan for only two years, and then you went and started your company. But it was, like, such, it's, it's funny, because I think it was uh, a little bit of naivete, just in being like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to, like start a company and it'll just be like this thing where i'm operating on my own and just like working with all these different people and like not thinking about the logistics of like i think if, if you ever really think through a crazy plan oh, you'll it'll, never it'll, never do it but no, if you just it'll frighten you yeah if you really think through all the logistics and what yeah. can and can go wrong or can and cannot go wrong and just it'll just fucking scare you but honestly it's it's been such a a incremental process and i've been lucky enough to really team up with a lot of really talented people that have just elevated this sort of um idea that i've had and and i think that a lot of sort of the original like the, the earlier work that i did working as an assistant in really like learning about um professionally working in these sort of different niches of video trying to find a way to like not only make a change and try to make it better and more efficient but understand like what is actually needed and that's we've sort of moved with the the target of like you know i was doing a lot of on-site tech work and it sort of transitioned to oh well people aren't hiring for on-site tech work as much but they like need this like color grading and finishing and this sort of whatever the technical video thing is that people are looking for, we're kind of always trying to chase the the target on that because it's it's a space that's always fascinated me. And, and working with Dylan provided me with like the earliest experiences to understand what that really meant professionally. See, that's crazy because everybody on that second floor, I feel like, work with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Dylan is a production house. You guys are post-production house. Oscar Boyson directs films and directs. Yeah, we've worked with him on like a bunch of his docs and a bunch of his like. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's it's and even sort of earlier when I guess it was like 
I remember when Casey did the Mercedes project. I feel like that's the last time there was a real like whole floor working together where it was like Oscar at his end producing, Casey directing, we were doing the finishing in the middle and like, you know, I feel like Tear Machine had to have been involved in that project at some point. Um, but see, and everybody's just like, just like the whole floor, just everybody's sort of feeding off each other's exactly. energy. And that's, that's what I think, especially in the earlier days of having an office and having, um, you know, it's just me and Matt, uh, so, and so was it you and Matt that started, is it you and Matt's company? So basically, um, uh, I had started it like 2012 operated for, I would say about a year. And then when I transitioned from doing a lot of onsite to being, you know, in, in a studio and doing more color grading and sort of having more, um, opportunity to start setting up infrastructure, I was looking for interns and Matt and I went to high school together. We were introduced by, uh, our high school film teacher cause I had actually graduated two years ahead of him, but went back to visit just like we, I was really close to the teacher. And, uh, so he, uh, we kept in touch I was looking for an intern. I posted something about it. He responded. He ended up coming in. And then he's been working with us five years now, five and a half years. So, yeah, I mean, he's been so integral to it transitioning from being, like, me as a person trying to sort of offer services to, like, understanding how to um, adapt to becoming more of an operation and deal with logistics. Like, he, he helps on such fundamental levels and it's yeah it's it's sort of um but so he came on super early and we were definitely still in these like fundamental like figuring out how much work we could take on figuring out how late we can work kind of days and in that same time like dylan was here late every night oscar was here late every night casey was here late every night and everybody was just like grinding figuring out their like different sort of avenues of like on the second floor 368 absolutely and i feel like that building constantly has these sort of periods of new people come in or different people sort of change what they're doing and they always uh, it always finds its way to become like a place where there's so much sort of creative energy and people are so supportive of one another and yeah, it, it fosters a lot of a lot of great stuff i think that's what a lot of people don't really get or or don't really I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand is like all this stuff requires a lot of work and 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 a lot of your time like you said you're there late it, it's your company it there is no like hey nine to five I clock in clock out uh I and get it, my paycheck and that's it and like I don't have to worry about anything I go in and it's a very uh very straightforward job like no man Everybody that I've interacted with in that building, everybody wears all sorts of different hats. Everybody knows that everybody has to do like pretty much everything or like whatever is needed of them. And I think a lot of people don't realize that everybody's just so uh, comfortable for the most part. They're comfortable and they want just like they want to go to a job and it'll just be like, oh, this is what you need to do. And then you can leave. I think that there's like a certain level of like, I mean, we've, so we've been a company now six and a half years and sort of, we've gone through these periods of like early, like 2013, 2014 being in three, six, eight, sort of feeding off that energy late nights, early mornings. Um, and as sort of things have become more legitimate and we've had sort of more of a team join and we've had to start 
working with all these other entities and coordinate yep. with different um, agencies and productions. We've, we've sort of had to standardize what we do a little bit and sort of for our own sanity, um, create, yeah, create more regularity. But, but yeah, it's definitely the getting anything like that off the ground requires like a good community surrounding you to keep that energy up and you just end up having to really, yeah, work late nights, early mornings to, to get it over that hump. Dude, how many, how many spaces do you have now in 368? So we have this on the second floor, it's uh 203, 204. And then we have two other spaces, 317 and 515. It's, they're both like grading or edit suites. And basically, uh, they're all networked to the second floor space. So we kind of, it's, it's been nice to, as we've needed more space to sort of service more and more projects, it's been nice that we've also been able to sort of grow within the building and not have to relocate every time we need to like have a little bit more, you know, this, the, the, Cannot say it enough. The management company here has been so incredibly supportive of not just like me being able to establish myself, but also so many people over the years. Yeah, man. So many of our friends and yeah, just man. there's, it's incredible that there are people out there that care about just fostering community. Dude, it's, it's crazy to me that like, <clears throat> you're, you're killing it. Dude, thank you. You're killing it. You're 27 in New York City, crushing it. I feel incredibly lucky i think that it's such a new york such a rare place and now is such a great time especially for companies interested in like content and oh it's all sort about of content. servicing yeah i mean every everybody's trying to produce as much content as they can and so new york is an incredible place because every media company's here so we're able to really sort of work with so many different people and and really try to figure out how to solve the problem of you know there's of course like shooter editor people that just make their own videos and then there's sort of professional commercials and like that whole realm and then there's sort of this in between of like professional commercials but that are still like meant for this sort of social world and the web yeah. world and and trying to find a way to like 368 could not have like by happenstance been a better place to try to figure out what the future of like content and servicing content is cause... which 368 like are you talking about casey's 368 i'm talking about 368 like just the <laughs> community at large 373 368 yeah. the yeah, uh man. just in general the the communities there it's it's been such a fascinating thing to have this sort of traditional like post services style company but within the confines of like a new media art space where you're really everyone else like I feel like everyone else in the building is a YouTuber. <laughs> no, you're right. Sarah Dietschy, John Hill, yeah, Sam there's, Sheffer. There's like a lot of people that are doing like the new media thing incredibly well. And it's so exciting to see people just like be able to start to finish, do their thing. And, and sort of it influences the way that I think I, I try to think about like the frictionless expectations that certain clients have and, and just trying to really figure out like, you know, the, the earlier years were more so just about trying to figure out um, our own boundaries with work and how to balance all of that. But now I think that there's so much opportunity and, and there's so much energy around to sort of tap into like what's, it's crazy. what's next. It's crazy. I was talking to Colin about it, how like, like, yo, we're lucky to even just be in this space, like in this area. It, it, it just feels like, like there's just in the new media world, I feel like this is it. Like in New York City, like this Tribeca Canal Broadway area is like 
the spot to be in. Yeah, it's great. And it's it's incredible that there's uh people out there preserving it. It's it's so like exciting that really like the 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 Finks, I can't think of enough. It's Yo, such Josh a, Fink is a shit. Josh Fink, dude. It's just like it's incredible to think that like um like there there's a, a real community at three sixty eight that's like sort of transcends a lot of I think what maybe like expectation yeah uh, of like what it's like. Like it's really just it's a very supportive place where people come to like grind. And I think that like everyone I know that like has a space in that building, whatever their medium is, whatever they're doing, they're like grinding. And that's what's been so exciting about trying to like figure out our whole form, like what we're gonna become because it's influenced by so much energy that's constantly in and out of that building dude it's it's crazy i didn't even really know before i met you and your company that there's companies that do like coloring and so like how did you get into wanting to do that kind of like post-production work like because you went from working with dylan Mm -hmm. and then you realized that like editing was not really your your whole thing so i've been really interested in sort of the cross-section of like tech and art like where those things meet since i was super young i grew up watching tech tv and like always i like i remember i can't remember it was it i know screensavers was definitely one i watched every day that was like more just sort of talking about like general tech and computer help but then i feel like there was another whatever the new product show was on there i remember X-play? toward was it x-play was it that the one where they I just remember the uh, the red one being introduced on Tech TV. I'm trying to remember what show that was. The red one. I remember. Yeah, the, it was like a must have been like an NAB report, like. But I just remember it was red one, as in like the red cameras. Yeah, yeah, like the the original red. I remember seeing it announced because it must have. Uh, I think Tech TV became G four in like two thousand five, two thousand six, and that okay. was around the same time that they. I know it's that camera, but I remember being like a kid and watching cable and like just like watching, you know, tech TV and like just being so enamored with like the idea of like they they would always be just like talking about like different types of like troubleshooting and different new technologies coming out. And like I remember getting like my mom's old point and shoot camera and like, you know, making skate videos and jackass stuff with my friends and, you know, really sort of getting into that um the interest of just like creating and sort of being in that role of creation where you're like interfacing with computers but also dealing with like you know actually making it happen um so when i mean when you're a kid you just get together with your friends and do dumb shit and hell yeah do this just try to have fun um and so i always was sort of interested in or from a young age was interested in in where computers meet art and Got like it. sort of how to get involved in other people's projects by being sort of a good liaison for that. Um, so now, I mean, it's, I'm very lucky that I've figured out how to like post supervise a lot of different projects and really sort of take on this other role of understanding how to best implement technology in these processes. And um, yeah, I mean, learning about color was honestly, I, been doing a lot of onset work, just data management and um, sort of found people starting to request. Got it. Like different types of services onset. 
and through that sort of researching and then sort of found this book that I really liked about color grading. Um, and yeah, I really just, it was like the, the perfect storm of black magic bought resolve and they mm. made it free Got it. around the same time that like I was doing a lot of DIT work. And then around the same time I was like, sort of realizing that the DIT work was going to like slowly change or dry up. And then from all of those things kind of swirling, it was like, oh, it makes sense for me to like try to figure out how to adapt all my skills to like Dude. just like next step, you know, ha having my own space and sort of having a little bit more autonomy. And See, so like that's you paying attention. You know what I mean? That's like you paying attention to... so. Like, you paying attention to the times changing, to, like, technology advancing. And from what you're telling me, it seems like you were a DIT and you were just realizing people's needs for other services. And you were just like, hey, why don't I provide that service? Yeah, I mean, really, there's, especially now with more content being created than ever, there's this need for people that understand just how to do it. You know, producing is traditionally something where people think that if they can put together the production end of it, then that's sort of the job. And then somebody else deals with the post and they, they fix it in post. Um, I hate that. I hate that <laughs> phrase, man. That's a terrible phrase. It's just, just fix it in post. The, the thing that people always leave off of that, like the addendum is like, you can fix it in post, but it's like more expensive than just doing it right. And like, that's the, the, the shocking truth that people want to want to ignore, but it's, you know, ultimately, yeah, you, you can do a lot in post, but to have somebody involved from pre-production. And then this is, this is something that like, I, I'm personally still trying to figure out how to sort of manifest into reality, but, uh, having someone involved from pre-production means that you have your whole strategy straight throughout. And so if you have your strategy from the beginning of how you're going to execute something, then there's no gaps in it and the execution should be seamless in theory. Yeah. I don't know why people don't do production that way. And I think that the edit is sort of part of the production because that's when it actually comes together and gets assembled. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I kind of, I've been trying to pay attention to, how like what people actually are like needing outside of their own skill sets because a lot of people can shoot and edit but they can't necessarily color and mix or they can you know they can get a lot of it done but they still need help with certain parts yeah i'm always trying to figure out what those certain parts are because i think that ultimately there's always going to be the need for tech as a specialty i was just gonna say film. specialization like yeah people I was listening to this one other guy, his name is like Ben Haggerty, and he talks about how like trying to take on everything will like really hinder your progress. And like you need to be able to delegate your work and like lean on people who specialize, whether it's freelancers or whatever it is, or your friends or whatnot, you just bring them on and, and like you lean on them for their specialties and what they're good at. So that like you can free yourself up and do what you're good at and not try to just take on everything. Because I think nowadays a lot of people think that they could shoot, produce, edit, 
mix, all that. But then it, it just becomes really overwhelming when, when, when it's time to, when it's time to work, it just becomes crazy overwhelming. Everybody thinks it's easy. Well, it's also, it's like certain people just like need to have that tactile response. Like Casey's one of those people where like I, I did color for him on his J crew project and his Mercedes projects. How did you meet Casey? So I met, I met Casey just randomly. I was over here with, I was over 368 in Dylan's space when he first got it. And, uh, Casey just kind of came by, like started talking to Dylan. They had like known each other from working together years before. Um, introduced me and i think i had like i'd like added him on facebook after that this was like 2011 um and i had him on facebook he added me back and then messaged me and was like how did you add a custom html page to your facebook and i was like oh it's just this like you know whatever plug-in add-on thing that was like i figured out how to like embed videos in my facebook page but it, it was like sort of in that early day where you could like figure out how to make it. So you had to like, like a page to reveal tabs. And then like okay. that, like early multi-layered Facebook grind. Um, so he messaged me, asked me to come by. And then the sum of the meeting was basically like, how'd you do that? And I was like, Oh, here showed him. And it was, we'd like hung out, talked a little bit. Didn't really think much of it. I was like, okay, whatever. Like happy to help that guy out. Um, <laughs> And then ended up moving in and just sort of saw him a lot from him never not working, especially at that time. <laughs> yeah, he's just grinding. He just... was, I mean, this was sort of, I don't even, when did he start vlogging? I feel like three both, years ago. Three years ago? Like, so it was like yeah, 2015? Three and, half, three and a half years ago. I guess I guess it was like just before that. So he was on his on his grind as, as he always is, but just in a, I think he was doing what I was working with him on was like that J crew spot and the Mercedes ads. And I think he was sort of doing more of that. And then I'm sure a lot of theorizing for his. And then like, you just, it's just, boom. Cr- it's just crazy how he just blew up. Yeah. Cause then like, even, even in the beginning vlogs, I remember like you would be there. Like yeah, you, I, you'd be on his vlogs. You just from like literally having just never left that building. <laughs> <laughs> no. And like, um, I remember seeing you on his, uh, Twitch stream I don't. I don't know why he stopped. I don't know why he stopped streaming on that. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about like that whole medium of like streaming and streaming? I I find it really interesting. I think that um, like the live feed, uh, I guess lifestyle or like who who like people out there that are consuming this. Um, like I'm curious if it's all disposable to them or if they're revisiting it. Like. I have mixed feelings about like disposable content, which I feel like, you know, something like an Instagram story or or Snapchat, especially in the earlier like Snapchat days, it felt like all this time and effort is being put towards these things that are just disappearing. I think that Twitch is really interesting because it, it, I'm sure like, you know, most other live uh, platforms creates like a catalog. So you sort of have your back catalog. You're, You're instantly putting together your back catalog by capturing things. Yeah. I think that, it is interesting to have this sort of like long form, uh, like the, the fact that Twitch has been adapted outside of gaming, I think is interesting. And I think is 
definitely is is it big outside of gaming or is that still the main colin what would you say it's gotten a lot bigger outside of gaming Everybody, i just people do like we're in just chatting now which is like the biggest the biggest thing that people do now instead of it used to be like live irl but that stuff got moved and so people go walk around and just talk to their friends and dude literally hundreds of thousands of people will watch you know there's i've seen people that just eat food on Twitch, they're just eating food yeah. and like nothing else. They're just eating, and people watch that. <laughs> Yo, is, is it like I'm gonna eat this meal? Tune in at eight, or is it like like what's the vibe? Sometimes, but what I've seen is just people just eat food. They're just eating. It's it's weird. It's weird. What, if we started eating now, would there be would this that change the designation of the show to? one of those sure. i i guess yeah i'm not i'm not too like versed in twitch okay. that's that's why i went and i like leaned on colin for that because colin went to TwitchCon, so i was Ooh, like TwitchCon. what is TwitchCon? colin tell him what TwitchCon yeah, is man come on, please like, no, 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 you're good. The, so <laughs> it's just like the it's the big convention in san jose and we premiered like the game that we're working on there and like a little tech demo of it and stuff like that. And, but it's all these streamers, like those people you were talking about, the guys that you're eating, um, <laughs> or just going you around at the guys that eat <laughs> some of them. Yeah. Or they just hang out and talk with their friends, blah, blah, blah. Like the guy who's funding our game is one of those guys. He walks around and like 40, 50,000 people watch him <sighs> hang out with his friends. Yeah. 40, 50,000 people would watch And it. donate is, money live and all kinds of weird stuff. Is that like a, is that like a person who um, has lots of like brand partnerships or how, how does that work? You can. You can. You can. He chooses not to. And some people choose not to because they like to keep like their identity theirs. That's but other people will sell off bits and pieces of themselves to. That's what I've always found interesting about Casey because he's somehow... He he's just like he's his own thing, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a like a lot of people think he has a lot of brand part brand partnerships or, or or sponsors, but he really doesn't. Like, it's I mean, he's a person that's just fiercely himself, and I think that he, uh, because of that, he's like destined to sort of lead. But also, even if he wasn't leading, he wouldn't do anything differently, which I think is fascinating he's just so like an interesting person to have seen uh build and to have like you know tried so many different things and to i mean over the years he's even from before i knew him the fact that like he's been in 368 for so long and has gone from having half the floor of the second floor to just having the the front part to, he's, you know, he's had half of it I think when they were doing... Oh, Sam, put your uh, mic closer to you. I think when they were doing their HBO show, I, if I'm not mistaken, I know that from... Uh, Half the floor. Well, I know that from <sighs> Dylan's into... Basically from Dylan's space into 201, 202, there's like a steel fire door yeah. that for sure went from Casey's to there. So, I mean, that... Yeah, where it, his half pipe was. <laughs> Yo, who has a half pipe in their fucking office? Dude? Who has a half pipe in their Tribeca? Yes, yeah, there's a chainsaw. <laughs> and like, it makes me think that like that's what like that's what Google is like. You know, they were like trying to like be cool like that, but Casey was doing that like 
before that was even a well, thing. Well, I feel like Casey just, it, again, not because it's cool, because he likes to skate. Does he, like, want to put a skate, want to put, like, a half pipe in? Exactly. Or, like, have, you know, like, I feel like he's just a, a person that's just fiercely himself. And that's, it's cool to see because it inspires, I think, so many of the people around him and people in general to just, like, do their thing their way. And I think that, like, everybody that I know that knows him definitely embodies that in some way because he just is so amped about it that it's like if, you know, if I, I like, am constantly finding myself up against, like, the reality of what my job usually is and the reality of how I think my job could better benefit projects and, like, pushing for those things is definitely that spirit of just, like, why? You know, why not do it this way? Why not create content the way that he does? As, as much as nobody ever made, like, a, you know, a full hour TV shows where the content every week, you know, for a year, he did it. Yeah. That's sort of the... Before vlogging was even a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm more so referring to, like, when he was early, early vlogging and I, I had, like, sort of did the math and realized, like, wait a minute, he's basically making, like, if he was making a show for a network, he'd be making an hour show every week. And he did that for a year? Yeah. That's insane. Just by it, himself, like, nobody's pushing him. No? Nobody's, like, there's no pressure from, like, any, like, uh, higher-ups. It's just the drive. His own desire to just, like, do it and to, like, create a whole new way of creating ultimately a whole new level of expectation for like what people the crazy thing is he's one of those people that like i remember showing him a little bit of the you know color correction tools and in final cut and like he was like okay cool i'm gonna do it like he just like started doing that you know as part of his process because he's just the type of person that sits down shoots it knows exactly how he wants it to look exactly how he wants it to feel exactly how it you know it's, it's really cool it's but it's something that i think is um it's interesting because to me, like filmmaking is a team sport. So I, I think about the process. I think about how much of my job is just like logistic coordination for films that have they're these big, huge moving blocks of assets that I have to track and keep, you know, organized and make sure everything's properly formatted and make sure the turnovers are good. And then, you know, somebody who on the other side is making content that is going straight out to his fan base Fuck. with like no oversight and no no like additional need to send it out to have somebody do their thing on it like it's just frictionless frictionless content creation like truly uh that's that's insane but that's something that i think is sort of the the new standard for what people expect from like sort of like creators like creator culture and i'm, I'm curious to see how sustainable that is that's with the increase in quality like how do you there's sort of this cap with like as a yeah. as a creator you're limited by your technical prowess and yeah at some point by the tools available to you so yeah. your technical prowess can be outstanding but if you still can't scale in terms of like adding you know lighting crew and having more exactly. involved edits and delegating those those tasks do you think that creator culture allows for that type of traditional infrastructure to eventually flourish within small communities i don't know man like like you were saying i feel like it's just like what i was saying earlier is like i feel like everybody thinks that they can just do it on their own mm -hmm. and then like you can do that for a little bit but i i 
I personally think that that shit is not sustainable to the point where like even like Casey like he he just he was like yeah I have to stop, and then like no, hearing Casey say some shit like oh I have to stop was like oh shit, like that really got to you, and like whether it's I don't know if you listen to his podcast but like it was mm-hmm. affecting his relationship. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean I can't I, the level of dedication that I've had to my job in the past for sure has impeded on many relationships in my life because of that sort of you're always stuck in this duality of like understanding this thing that you want to create understanding this thing that you want to build and and having these sort of goals and then needing to also like nurture yourself and your relationships and your family and all these things that like I think it it can get to be real dangerous in terms of you know whether you're trying to build your brand as like an individual creator or as like literally building a company you know it's, it's incredibly similar and I think you know the fact that uh, creator culture, as a as like a, a at the core of it, is still it's very entrepreneurial, and I think that that's yeah. something that it's a spirit that um, it sometimes is forgotten, or on the other side, sometimes it's sort of uh, under under realized um, in terms of you know, people sort of forget that like it, it should build to be like infrastructure and teams and yeah, man. it's the only way that like that sort of thing remains sustainable. It, it just, again, like back to what I was saying with you and your company, it just blows me away that you were able to pay attention to the market and really Sorry if you guys hear that jackhammer <laughs> in the background. That's weird. <laughs> some some sick like it's eight p.m. <laughs> who is who is I don't doing? Know who would do that? Yo, and it's, it's nuts because th- these windows block out a ton. Oh a ton yeah, of yeah. So yeah. sorry if you guys. <laughs> no, it, like, I, I can't even imagine. This must be on the cobblestones right in that alleyway. <laughs> Dude, fucking New York City. So it's cool. wild. Yeah, but yeah, New York is. Such a drag sometimes. It it can be very overwhelming, dude. It's vicious. It's like, it's dirty. Yeah. Oh, dirty. Dirty for like, sure. And grimy. We're exiting uh, the hot, smelly time, <laughs> but we're entering into the cold, sad time. Yeah, and, man. Uh, it's just dark. It's dude, fucking pitch black at always. 5. Yeah. 5 p.m. It's black. Just dark and it's not even we're not even at like no uh, we're just starting when does it end oh man it'll it'll end soon don't worry don't worry but sammy it it just it really really blows me away to just see how successful you are and the fact that you have a whole team and you have a whole infrastructure you have i mean four to five spaces in this in tribeca in manhattan and you're having like you have a profitable flourishing company yeah, I mean, I feel, I, I haven't. I feel like I've said it <laughs> a couple times, but I feel like I, I definitely chalk it a lot up to like uh, a family like the Finks being as supportive as they as they are of just sort of this whole community. And I feel really lucky that I've sort of lucked into a lot of these situations where I met Dylan, and then through that ended up at 368, and ended up sort of freelancing with a lot of people that now are close collaborators and have have been for long time and it's it's something where um 
I think New York itself, as much as I mentioned that it's soul crushing and, and, and bleak, it, uh, it's, it's a place that I think provides a lot of opportunity, especially like if you're looking to like, just do your own thing. Like if you're looking to be part of like a, a bigger machine and create on the highest scale, I think that like there are other places and other ways to go about it. But if you're trying to like do your thing, I think that New York is like the best place because there's just so much of everything and everything has to run through here because it's right in between LA and Europe. And you know, it's interesting. Definitely a, 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 um, just a different it's it's definitely a city that creates the type of opportunities that allow for someone like me to establish and, and i appreciate endlessly that sort of so many people have given me that chance over the years and so many people have like lent to me their experience and opinions and and it's it's been interesting to see sort of this huge surge in content being produced because it undeniably we're now experiencing more than ever like such an oversaturation of yeah just web series and daily content and every media company has a million different verticals where they're putting out daily videos and it's like seeing how that has created so many new jobs and opportunities and it really it's it's a place where you can soak up a lot of different energies. And, and that's 368 is like the the apex of, I yeah, think, a, a lot of different energies coming together. And, and I feel lucky that I could have gotten to spend any time there, let alone five plus years. It's crazy how like I've seen heavy hitters, big stars like in those hallways. Oh, my God. Like I would just be I remember just walking to the to the bathroom and that. Um, Matt, Matt Sarah, I think that's his name. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Oh my God, Michael Sarah was in the hall. Yeah, I was just walking to the bathroom and he was like, "Hey, where's the bathroom?" I was like, "It's over there." And he was like, "Thanks, dude." And the then, same. And just, <laughs> the same thing happened to me with Sarah Jessica Parker once, and I was yes, like, "I met her." I was like, "What? Yeah. I am such a huge Sex and the City fan." Oh my God, <laughs> what are the odds of this? You know, and it's just she was just in the building. Yeah, on the second floor. Yeah, she was. Uh, I think there, there used to be a photographer. Yeah, on, on the second floor that is unfortunately no longer there. But that was, I think, the the source of a lot of the uh, a lot of the random different Dude, sightings. I was I was cleaning Casey's studio, and I remember like looking at the big TV uh, peephole, and Sarah Jessica Parker was just, like looking at the peephole, and I was and I opened the door and I was like, oh my god, you're Sarah Jessica Parker, and she was like, this is a really intense door. Cause like you know how Casey's door yeah, has a like really intense has like a there. fucking security camera and it says a no social visits ever. There's like police will be called. And <laughs> there's like ten cameras and then like a big camera every single time. Cause like usually people will come to the second floor office and then you know if we're going yep. to the fifth floor I'll take the elevator up with them and uh, every time they're like, stop with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he just does not want anyone to say what's up. Like he's uh, a very private person, and he does not want you to say hi. Um. Dude, he's intense, man. <clears throat> he's fucking nuts. That guy. That guy's crazy. But he's he's brilliant and inspiring in the way of like he definitely. I think for everybody I know, like you included, like thanks everybody I know ha that has sort of been around him and uh, sort of gotten to understand the way that he uh l tries to like sort of foster creative space and also like just create through his own like lanes and means he, he really like sort of 
has empowered a lot of people to just like do it and not in like a cheesy way, which I think is a very like it's it's hard to inspire people without playing on those little like he he plays on like the realnesses of life, which I think is it's a very interesting interesting thing to see so many different people learn yes. from him and go off and do their own like seeing someone like Oscar who totally came up through his office and who has gone on to do such incredible things. The Safi brothers, they all worked with him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they were all Max Joseph. Yeah, and he's really, I mean, it's it's interesting that he's gone into sort of this, like, web new media world after sort of dabbling in the, like, traditional cinema world. And, and I, I'd be interested, I know, I, I don't know what, what his future is like. but Dude, I, who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows what It's, that it's interesting that he has that route, though. And I know that he, like, is such a natural storyteller that I'd be interested in, in what his... Uh... You know, Dino Ross, the owner of uh, K&M? No. You don't know Ross? No. So Ross, I was just talking to Ross randomly, and he was telling me, he was like, yeah, man, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that building. He was like, there's something about this building, because he's, he's a K&M, that's a 368 Broadway. Mm -hmm. He was like, there's something about this building, and it just breeds creative hustlers and people who are super ambitious. And, and it gives us a place where we can actually sort of be part of, like, the conversation. You know, we're in between, like, Every ad agency is northwest of us. One World Trade is southwest. Like, you know, all the media companies are there or up, you know, just north of Times Square. It's like we we're in the middle of everything. So it's it's more of a I think people are more keen to give you a chance if they sort of know that they can walk over to your office and check up on you if they need to <laughs> see what's going on. I think it's a, it's a cool thing. It's it's definitely like I am endlessly appreciative to have had so much, so much time operating in Manhattan to really sort of figure out what we're doing because it's it's uh it's where everybody's making stuff right now. <laughs> it's what what always what always um what always makes me excited and happy is you wouldn't believe how many people told me when I first picked up like the five D Mark II right the Canon five D Mark II I bought like l lenses and i just like dumped the money into that you wouldn't believe how many people told me like what are you doing oh i'm they're sure. like you know how hard it is to make a living off of making videos and 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 like editing videos and then now i like look around me and i see you i see Everyone. dylan with In dream our, machine and yeah. i'm like yo you guys are crushing it thank you making videos make editing videos producing content yes. and so many people told me in the beginning they're like yo i don't know why you're doing that how come you don't just go to school get a stable job and sometimes like you know i sometimes a stable job sounds nice yeah I of mean, course it does but being then, able to turn it off ever seems nice but i think that the the freedom of really being able to like decide exactly what you're gonna try to like what you're gonna put your efforts towards is such a such an undescribable feeling no man and then and that's what really blows me away with you again i've said it multiple times it's just that like it seems like you've figured it out you've oh, you it man. seems like you've like carved your own way and and was able to make a career for yourself and make your company i've successful. definitely like it it's been a, a lot of um a lot, a lot of trial and error a lot of a lot of people investing a lot of time um, and just sort of a, a lot of 
Yeah, a lot of just figuring it out. I think that it's I it's it. uh I, I feel lucky that I keep getting opportunities because ultimately it's all it's all random. <laughs> That's the, the the randomness of I mean, you know it's real, the, the the hope is that you get, you know, you do a good job and somebody recommends you for another thing and then do a good job and somebody recommends you for another thing, but there's no way to really like speed up that process. And and that's, I think what working in New York, I've realized that there's these sort of communities that I feel really lucky to be accepted into and sort of be creating with all these different people. Um, but you put in the work. That's why though, you know, I, I, mean? I feel lucky that I, I got the opportunity to do the work though. You know, it's, it's something that I, I've, it's so hard to, it's hard to break into any of these communities. So just no, sort of any, right. any creative right. community, it's, it's difficult to break into. But I think that's sort of trying to hone in on my skills and try to build them that way. You know, hopefully when you find different people that you want to collaborate with, you have something to offer to them. And, and that's always ultimately where I've sort of found myself traveling around within my interests where it's like, how do I apply my interests to what the people I want to collaborate with are doing? You know, like, wh what do they need? If everyone I'm collaborating with needs, like, a very specific type of, type of service, like, I'll learn that, that program or that, you know, how to make that deliverable or whatever that is because ultimately I just want to be collaborating with, like, the people that I believe in. And that's, that's more than anything why I like sort of having a company and doing my thing the way I have been because ultimately I can choose which creatives I, I believe in. And I think that, like... It's why there's, it, it's why I still do it because I, I ultimately, if I were to go to some company, I would be, you know, it would be up to their discretion of who they think makes sense to invest time in working with. And I just, yeah, I think that luckily I've built a community that I really believe in and I want to keep doing that. It just blows me away, Sam. Dude, thank you. Like, it, really... It really does, man. Like, I find you, Dylan, everybody in that fucking floor just crazy inspirational. Crazy inspirational, because, mm -hmm. like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. You know, you're, like... Like, you're... It's funny, because uh, you were talking to me about, like, yesterday, I feel like you mentioned, like, it takes so long to get a space together. And I think about, like... Yes. This space, even from when I... When was the first time I came by here? Was, like, um, a month and a half ago, two months ago? When did we get this space, Colin? August, September, October. I think you came by like October or yeah. September. I mean, you guys had not put anything. <clears throat> but it's like really, really looking like like the fact the fact that you guys have it at the point where it's functional now. Like it took us so we, so the the I think the part of the story I didn't tell was when I moved in with Dylan and John. It was like <laughs> April. Okay. So I had like this weird space alone that was half filled with Dylan stuff, 205, until April where we got the whole switch. So basically April into May was like figuring everything out, getting everything. You know, we, we thought we were going to take the wall down in the weekend, fix it up and start working there like the next week. And it was, of course, insane because I've never done demolition. None of us have ever done demolition, let alone construction. I love it, man. Between just like the few of us. So and I, I also my sister, my older sister got married in the same week. And I my thesis was due and I graduated college all when we <laughs> broke the wall and decided we were going to do all of this work. So then I'm there, like, 
May, June, I think it was the beginning of July, like after having like, you know, 10 people in the room at all times and it was like hot and sweaty and it was just like three companies trying to operate in one office space. Um, after sort of all of that like came to a head, that's when they moved across to, and I, I had like, like basically the way that their companies operate is really that they sort of get assigned things and they, you know, internalize those tasks and do them. So their team is like able to achieve a lot of the things that they need to do. And there's not a lot of people coming and going. It's a lot less foot traffic. Uh, I was basically in a closet in the corner of the room, like a 90 square foot box with an AC air vented out of the top, like through the floor of the, the uh like the ceiling of the room slash floor of the loft into a window it was like insane uh and basically it i had just so many people coming and going and it was way too crammed and like obviously wasn't enough space for the three companies because everyone i think that it's you always think that space is gonna go further than it does when you first get it and then as soon as you start putting anything in it you're like oh that just does not work that's exactly what happened here i'm sure I'm sure because it's just really like you know you you're like oh how big is a couch? <laughs> That's exactly what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. So right now. so basically, I was in there with them. July, they decided they're going to move across the hall. They got 209. They hadn't had they hadn't gotten 208 yet. They just had 209. So it was like the long hallway. Yeah. With the windows out to Broadway, and they yeah. were like, we need daylight because it's depressing without daylight in here, and it, this is not enough space. So they were like, do, do you want to move with us across the hall? And I was like, I remember sitting with Matt and being like, what, like, should we go across the hall? Should we like start all over? And then I was like, I feel like we could probably use this whole space. Matt was like, all right, I guess so. And that was just it. We just did it. Love we like, it. you know, love it, man. sort of took the, the whole space. And from then to get it to a point, I, <laughs> I'm, this producer I work with came by and I was talking to her about this like last week. Um, but this was like 2013. She like came by because they had hired me to like assist and edit on a project and the editor needed a place to work. And the producer heard that I had some extra office space. So like she asked if, you know, this editor could come work with me. Um, so she ended up coming by and the producer came by and was like, Oh, this is, uh, space um and it was like Fuck. i was like oh like what could i do to make this space better and she <laughs> i found this list which is why i like was talking to her about it but the list was basically like lights because we just didn't have a lot of lights because we took all the overheads out i say we we took all the overheads out and didn't ever replace them. And so there was no lights and it was just all lamps and like we only recently finally put this is recently i'm talking about four years later put in overhead lights for like the the whole loft area and under the loft now has dude has, like your spaces we, are um are beautiful you. they're beautiful man but it's 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 funny because i remember uh like is that a chainsaw, yeah, it's, a chainsaw. I think it's literally a chainsaw. <laughs> it's so <laughs> what is this person making it's dude. definitely like an ice sculpture or something <laughs> Interesting. Oh. oh wow! I didn't even. You're probably right. I hope so. You're probably right. somebody in Tribeca right now is just making an <laughs> ice sculpture in an alleyway. 
That's exactly what it's an artist. It's, it's an artist. It's for sure more likely than most other things. So <laughs> Dude, wow, I'm, you're probably right. I'd say chances are somebody sculpting ice for the for their showcase. Fuck. <laughs> um But yeah, so um basically long story short, uh it was like lights clean and like desks that's, that's the list of what can make the list. space better yeah it was just like c- clean it up make it bright and have more desks it's like oh huh so like you you know our our spaces at this point have like five years of like small tinkering projects and like you know we had the loft but we didn't have a railing on it and then Jack coin savior yeah. came in and, and was like, Hey, you guys should put up a safety rail like yesterday. That's like, why have we not like he, he like donated like, you know, a, a plumbing probably pipe. like six hours of, of his time to help me go to the plumbing store and pick out all the supplies Yo, and go back and pick them up. Jack's a Renaissance man. Dude, bro. He straight up was like, we're going to make your office safe. Oh, bless him. Um, so, so yeah, we, but it took so many years of like tiny little projects to really get it to that point. And I remember when I first moved in being like talking to Casey and being like, how is your office so meticulous? And he's just like, talk to me in 10 years. 10 years. Really, exactly. 10 years. <clears throat> he's like, that's, that's really, it just takes so much time of living in a space and realizing what can make it better and more efficient. You rework it and rework it again. And then you rework it again. And it's like, you know, I'm interested to see like, you, so you, this is your first foray into you having your own space, right? Like you ever, were, ever. you were in two or six, though, right? Yeah, but that was just like you and Sam. And you, and, me, and Sam. But, but <laughs> what's that? Three months of us all being crammed in there. Yeah, it was. I was gonna was, say it was me, Sam, Patrick, and Colin, and we would just like. And so Patrick's over here with you guys too, right? Yes. Cool. So this is me, Patrick, and Colin's space. Mm-hmm. And we were in 206. Like, I was just kind of squatting there from, like, in my in-between phase of, like, beam to 368. Like, I kind of just didn't have any... I I wasn't really working. But, like, I still wanted to just have a place to come to and, like, kind of work. Like, work on videos or whatever. Like, my own stuff. So, I I just asked Casey, like, hey, man, is it cool if I just post up in 206? He was like, yeah, of course. And then, like, I kind of felt bad because I was like, it's Sam's space and it's Patrick's space. I'm just kind of there. You know what I mean? But they were cool with it, and is that just that's just Sam space now? It's Patrick and well, it's still Casey and Sam space, oh, and like Sam, Sam gets like half of it. But so Patrick, Patrick's over here with you, and then he also is there in the daytime. Yeah, so Pat okay. two hundred six is like Pat, like that's his job. He's yeah, over job there. Job. Yeah, yeah, and then like over here is like our space for like whatever that's we're cool. doing, and then like I do the podcast here. Colin works out of here. Like Colin's here pretty much all the time because this is where he works. You know what I mean? And then, like, when, when I do podcasts, that's where I, I pop up. So, like, this is Patrick's desk, and then... Oh, cool. Okay, I was curious. Yeah, so, yeah, you, yeah. you don't have, like, a, like a workstation? No, man, it's too it's too small in here. So, like, I just... My workstation is is this. There's a Mac Mini coming up. Ooh, hold up, hold up. Tell me... I'm going to pick your brain about this Mac Mini. Oh, that's Colin, man. That's all Colin. Is that what you're running on right now? No. No, no you're yeah. running on a Windows. I, I, I got it today. I was going to route everything over, but... Two little hours in the day. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm gonna pick your brain about that a lot more after this because we just ordered <laughs> ours today and I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, man. So like, this is my workspace basically, like just the podcast set. 
So like, cause I, that, that's why I got this space because I felt like I was kind of intruding in Sam's space and then like scheduling. And I would always have to double check with Sam, like, Hey Sam, is it cool if I record a podcast? And then I just, I was just like, no man, I need my own space. Like, Everyone's making too much content for everyone to share space to make content in. No, which is exactly. And then kind of incredible. No. And, and Josh hooked it up. You know what I mean? Josh always looked out for me. He was always like, Hey man, I can't wait till you get your own spot. When are you going to get your own spot? You know, Oscar got his own spot eventually. Da 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 da. He was like, "Oh man, you know, just let me know when you're when when you're looking for a spot." And then me and Colin were just like, I was just like one day like, "Yo, Colin, let's just do this." And then here we are. It's like it, hearing your story of like, yeah, let's just do it. That's what this is. This whole podcast, the this whole space, it 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 all feeds into that same mentality. And I feel like that's what everybody is really doing in this area. And like, that's what, again, that's what blows me away about your company, because it seems like you were just somebody who, who was able to see a need in a certain industry and was like, Hey, why, why not, why not provide that service? Why not? How come I can't do that? Well, I think it's, it's the interesting thing is sort of looking at it through this lens of like creator culture and creator, like this whole sort of community. I find myself constantly going back to the idea that like, it's not that dissimilar from sort of wanting to like have a channel that you, you know, maybe if you're the type of person that like from start to finish wants to, you know, see something like shoot something, edit it, see it through to delivery versus like, if you're like, for me, I, I just really want to like do the part of the process that I feel really interested in that I feel like I can add something to the conversation about. I just want to do that really well. But I think it's that same sort of drive that like everybody in the creator community that we have no, that we know has. And, and it's like the same sort of, it's, it's the same grind, but applied to like a, a tra- more traditional business, which I think is for, for better or for worse, just sort of where I, where I landed up, where, where I ended up. But uh, I, I definitely think it's it's that same spirit, and it's something that you also like definitely wholly embody that you like want to sort of do this thing your way, and the fact that you've just sort of like gotten a space to do it is like incredible to see because it's it's cool wow. to like see like even just see the jump from like two oh six to this and see you guys have like a dedicated space now and see so yeah, the way man. that everybody's going off in their own directions it's it's incredible and it's Dude, such a, a shared spirit through all of all of this. Thanks man. It, it 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 bugs me out because I remember like I've told people like even people in my family about like oh I got a studio da 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 and then they would just be like oh how are you gonna pay for that? I was like, what do you mean? I have a job. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to use my job money to pay for it. Like, oh, but what's, what's like, how is that going to generate money for you? And I was like, figure it out. Yeah. I was like, uh, that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to make money off my podcast to be Phase honest. Phase two. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just here, just, I'm just here trying to, trying to make it happen. I feel like my whole life is that like phase one underpants, phase two question mark, phase three profit. That is like everything in my life with my family, especially like, you know, there was definitely a lot of. Li- are, are you familiar with the South Park? Uh, the 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 like I I don't want to call it a meme because it's definitely no, a no, meme. No. Oh man, there's like Please, tell this me. classic. I'm a huge okay. fan of South Park. Okay. So there's like very early South Park. There's like the whole the the episode with the underpants gnomes. I don't remember that. Oh man, the underpants gnomes they just steal underpants, and their whole like plan is just. Phase one, underpants. Okay. Phase two, question mark. Phase three, profit. 
And it's like the same thing with like, sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, like I want to do this thing. Like I want to like figure out how to work in tech on videos. I want to like, fi- like, you know, do my podcast, want to whatever. It's like, sometimes you just have the impetus to do it and you just have to like do it and you will figure out how to make it make sense within the scope of your life. Because ultimately like there's opportunity where there's passion. There's opportunity where there's passion. For sure. Almost always. Because there's just, there's so much, especially now with all these new opportunities and this like in, with the way that media has gone and the way that like just advertising as a whole has changed and just what people are looking for has changed so much in entertainment that like, yeah, just doing like what's true to you and what's real to you and whatever you're doing is like such a, just such an important thing to do. And it's such a, it's, it's more possible now than ever. And I know that a lot of people on like, it's, it's not an easy thing to take that leap, but it's great that there's such a community here to support that once you do. I think that's a good place to end it, Sam. I think so. Dude, Sam, thanks for supporting me and coming through and chatting with me on my podcast. Thanks for wanting man. me on. Dude, I've been wanting you on, man. Like, you, you Dylan, you got, I, I have this whole idea of, like, getting everybody from the second floor onto this podcast and just talking about, like, cool. their perspective on how, like, that place got built up. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many years of it that I'm sure there's a, someone on the internet must have by now put up a deep dive of, of all the different people that have gone through there, but it's it's incredible even just the people I've seen in the time I've been there. Yep. Just the, the turnover is so, so, it, so many people. And it blows me away that I'm somehow, somehow I, I'm a part of that. Like, it, that's what blows me away. I'm like, oh, shit, I know these people. Yeah, I feel super lucky to just sort of get to feed off that energy it's such a such a lucky thing sam thanks for being on the podcast man i really appreciate it uh colin was there anybody is that was there anybody live watching okay okay cool everybody thanks for tuning in um thank you and uh yeah that's 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 the podcast Thanks, everyone, for making time and listening to the podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Miguel Miola to get updates on the podcast. And follow us on YouTube at Sweet206 Podcast. Sweet as in studio, not candy. I recently rebranded and I got to get up to 100 subscribers to be able to change the channel's name. Thanks again.